When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another new episode of You Need Therapy. My name is Kat, and I am the host, and I'm so glad you're here. And you have chosen, if you're new or not new, to come here on a really good day, whatever day it is that you're listening to this, because today I have my very first supervisor from when I was a intern when I first started as a therapist. So I'll get into that in a second. But before I do, I do want to say, as always, remember guys, this is not therapy and I'm not acting as your therapist on this show. I'm just a therapist who happens to be licensed and know a lot of things, but also just wants to talk about mental health and all of those things. Cool? Cool. Okay. So like I said, my first ever supervisor is on. Her name is Janet Heilbronn and I could talk about her probably for 45 minutes and then you guys would be done and you wouldn't get to listen to the conversation. So I'm going to let her do the talking for herself. But I do want to say that if she was not my supervisor and if I didn't know her personally, she would be my therapist. Like she is so cool and she's so good at what she does and she believes in what she does and she's a good human. Like I've never met anybody who hasn't loved Janet wholeheartedly. Like I just have not. So I'm so glad she's on today and... (laughs) Also, God bless you, Janet, because I think that we planned to record this about 75 times and it finally came to fruition. So I'm so grateful for that. But you're going to love her as much as I love her. We talk a little bit about me when I first started. And it's just funny looking back eight, nine years and being like, whoa, where I came from and then and where I am. And I say that not to be like, look at where I am now. But one for me to remember that I used to not know what I was doing. So when there's other things in my life that I'm like, oh, I'll never be good at that. Or I can't do that. I have to remember like everything that I've done in my life, I started not knowing how to do. And that goes for y'all too we are allowed to start and not know what we're doing. We are allowed to start and be bad at things. We are allowed to start and be confused and we learn as we go. But if we never start, we'll never learn. 
So this might be a little sign. If there's something out there that you've been itching to try or do, or if you've been feeling really insecure about being quote unquote bad at something and you're new, like that's okay. And allow yourself some grace to grow. Because if you were one of my first clients, you probably were, would be like, uh, what is this girl doing? <laughs> but we're here now. So anyway, Janet, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for being on today. And if you hear Janet and you're like, oh my gosh, I need her to be my therapist, then if she has availability, you can reach out to her by going to JanetHalbron.com. So it's J-A-N-E-T-H-E-I-L-B-R-O-N-N. And I'll put that in the show notes. So there'll be a link for that. I hope you guys are having the day you need to have. And I will talk to you again on Wednesday for Couch Talks. But for now, here's my conversation with one of my favorite people in the whole world, Janet. Okay, guys, welcome back to a brand new, beautiful episode of Uni Therapy. I have one of my favorite people in the world here, Janet. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. So the first thing we're going to talk about here is how Janet and I met. And I would like her to give the first version. Because <laughs> I've known you since I was 21, 22. Wow. That's 10 years. That's time warp right there. That is crazy. Okay. Must be 22 though, actually. It's not important. But okay. So I want you to tell everybody how we met in your version, whatever you want to say. Okay. Which this cracks me up because I think about then and I think about now. So here it is. You were Catherine at that time. Yeah. Which I still am. Yeah. Depending on who's talking to me. When did Kat come on board? So, which is a question I get all the time. Growing up, everybody called me Catherine. High school people call me Catherine. In college, some people started calling me Kat. And then when I started teaching cycling, everybody called me Kat. And then all those people started calling me Kat. My mom and like my sister call me Kat. Mm-hmm. I'm Aunt Kat. It probably really started like right after college. And then it's just easier. I like it. But some people, a lot of people still call me Catherine. So you can still call me that. That's so funny. I have two names. That's fascinating. Identity crisis. Yeah, I was going to say like the part of me that's cat, the part of me that's cat. Uh-huh. So you came into internship at the ranch and I was your intern supervisor, I think. Was that my role? Yes. And I remember when I got the email that you were going to be my direct supervisor. I remember showing it to somebody because I was already there. I was already there for a little bit. And I think Becca was like my mm-hmm. interim boss until you came along to like place me with you. But I remember telling somebody like, oh, I got placed with Janet. And they're like, you're so lucky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That cracks me up. Well, I remember too when it was like, here's going to be your intern. And, and I'm thinking, ah, God. what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't know. But I was very excited. So you came on board and we worked at the men's house. Yeah. River at the time. It was like young men too. Young men. And that, I wondered how that was going to be with you, yeah. how you would feel about that because it was really your age group, your demographic. Mm-hmm. I was terrified. When they said you're going to go work with men, I was like, no, I came here to work at the eating disorder program. I remember. I was terrified. And I knew nothing, nothing about addiction. And so I remember you were not in this group. It was me and the other therapist that you worked with. It was my first group. There's some reason you weren't there. And you're like, you can do it. You can do it. I remember I was wearing a yellow pea coat with green pants. That was so good. <laughs> so good. And one of the clients who I've then talked to since, which is funny, was processing his first step. 
and he had taken a couple sessions to do it like a couple group sessions to do it and i remember in that session he talked about the stealing he had done mm-hmm. and his sex life in his addiction mm-hmm. and when i saw him like five years later he was like i'll never forget your face during that you just were like wide-eyed jaw dropped uh, like what the heck yeah is this i was terrified and i also was like opened up to like oh i am so sheltered yeah how am i going to help any of these people right and that was something i remember about you yeah. and i was so excited for you i felt like this is going to be a portal in to something that is just gonna it, it'll blow it right open for you and that there was so much opportunity for you to learn and lean in and I, I want to talk about this because I we were talking about this before we started recording about how people will see I'm talking about me because like mm-hmm. I have my experience but like I feel a lot of people see me and what I do and how I do it and they have this idea of who I am and then they also just like think it was always that way and I want people to see that like we all started somewhere and my start was like I was like I'm never going to be a therapist like I don't know I one of my okay. thoughts constantly was like how does she always know what to say how does she know what to do? Like when we started doing experiential stuff, I was like, where is this coming from? My brain doesn't work that way. It'll never work that way. And so I was silent a lot of times. I remember that about you. And again, it was really exciting to watch you blossom into that. And I remember you even saying, how do you know what to say? I remember you asking me that question and you had, there was a lot of good questions actually that came through from you, but you were very quiet. And I'm not quiet. No, you're not. That's why when I said, said to somebody, I'm going to do this podcast with Kat. And oh my God, it's such a difference from when I first knew her. Yeah. Very quiet, looking around, kind of waiting. Well, what do I do next to like, look at what you've got now. It's amazing and i remember with you and then in other programs when i went and had other supervisors i had to try a lot of things and messed a lot of them up Mm -hmm. like i remember doing my first psychodrama and i had to have the other therapist step in and help me because i didn't know what to do next but like i didn't hurt anybody in the process no and i needed to to have that experience so that eventually i could get comfortable in doing them because i liked at that point in my life to have a perfect plan when i feel overwhelmed i need a perfect plan when i feel comfortable i can do anything at the like a whim because remember when they tried to move me Eventually, mm-hmm. they were like, okay, you're going to move to this. They were trying to move me to Creek House. Yep. And you were like, you're not taking her. And I was like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I know. And we got extra. T- I got to stay there an extra semester or something. I know. I remember that. That's right. So it turned into like, I don't want to work with men. I don't want to do this. To like, I'm finally getting really good at this. Yeah. I want to stay a little longer. Yeah. Which was really cool. It was cool. Well, I think you totally had the heart for it. Yeah. You know, and that was the thing I saw in you was you really have the heart. You have the heart. And I saw it then. And while you may not have known exactly like, what do I say? What's the next thing we do? It didn't matter. You came in with the absolute knowing, like, I'm really wanting to know. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I was there more than I was supposed to be there. Like in the summer, remember I, I kept remember. coming in the summer and I yeah, wasn't supposed did. to, but yeah. they were like, well, you can still come and help. And I wasn't getting credit for it Yeah. because I was like, if I want to soak all this up, that place was so special back then. Yep. I just liked being there. Absolutely. So it turned into me hiding in the bathroom. I think one time I faked sick and I went home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's survival. Sometimes we just do what we do. One of my first clients, I worked one-on-one. They were all your clients. And then I would see them all 
extra. And I, at that point, was like, what else? What am I going to do? Janet is, in quotation, saving their lives in my head. What am I going to do? And I remember this one client who didn't want to be there. He was young. He was like 18. And I remember I was in a session with him, and it was the second session. And he, like, wasn't talking to me because he didn't want to be there, rightfully so. So I started doing this, like, activity with him that I had in my back pocket. And he literally looked at me, and he goes, so we've already done this before, so can I go? Oh, my God. That's the worst. I know. And I was like, yeah, you can go. And he left and I had a choice to lean into like, I'm horrible. That was the Mm. most terrible experience ever to, I kind of don't know what I'm doing and that's okay. And I'm going to get better. And that's what I had to lean into. But then I had pockets of like clients who did like working with me and you were so positive and so affirming. And that's what I think I needed. I needed Mm. somebody to help build my confidence. Mm -hmm. You did really help. I'm so glad. Uh, Thank you for saying that to me. You were a good supervisor. I don't know how you did it because you had your job. That job was stressful. Then your life was chaotic. My life was chaotic. Which I knew, but not to the extent probably that I would have understood now. Right. So can you talk about that time in your life just so we can hear about the struggle that like therapists also have? Because we have lives too. I make up in my head that a lot of times, not anymore, well, maybe not, but like self-disclosure, I think is more, people are doing it more. And like there's in, a lot of therapists have Instagrams that their clients can follow and all that stuff. And I think before I was a therapist, if I were to think of a therapist, I would think of somebody who like has all the answers and their life is perfect. Oh and my then gosh. you have the right to become a therapist. Right. Oh, and only when it's all <laughs> settled down. Yes. Right? And it so wasn't at that time, I remember. So I remember you, you know, I'm thinking, I have got to do a better job with her because my life felt really chaotic. I was going through a horrible breakup, not soon enough, right? It's that thing where it just hangs on and you're like, oh. So all my codependency was kicked up. I was completely activated in all that. And I lost my way a little bit. And I needed to show up because I wanted to, because I love the work. I was trying really hard to, you know, mirror good stuff your way and I can remember crying with you in the office and you're like and you were so good I'm feeling I'm like okay good she's good she's gonna be a good therapist because <laughs> you held the space really well so what yeah. did how did you operate my life feels chaotic yeah I have to show up how did you do that so or did you? I leaned into my own therapist yeah I finally started cutting myself a break yeah and I took a lot of walks journal a lot all those things that you know we do or we ask people to do when they're doing this kind of work for themselves Mm -hmm. and I think it was just I want to say also friends just leaning in and getting permission Mm -hmm. to call on lunch hour and just be a total wreck Mm -hmm. and then okay dry your tears now be back and eventually you know I know we say oh you don't want to compartmentalize your stuff but at some level that's really a good thing because it gave me a break from all my own pain and then show up and and then I was then it started to blend it wasn't so black and white and I I felt like I found my footing again that makes me think about I sometimes struggle with the balance between being an in quotes adult do your job get your shit together yeah don't bring your stuff into the workplace and allow yourself to feel your feelings like show up don't deny yourself whatever I struggle with that sometimes of the balance of it Mm -hmm. but I think what you're talking about is like I had to learn to find the balance that like I need to make sure that I'm doing my things that we tell people to do, and then we also need to do that. That's right. I'm gonna do my thing, so then when I show up to work, I have enough space to go do my job, and then I can come back and have a moment. 
And it's not all or nothing. It's not I'm healed. I'm falling apart. It's I'm feeling okay, feeling a little better. I'm having a rough time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to allow myself to fall apart for a second. I'm going to put some of the pieces back together. It's just like this like more fluid experience. Totally. That's well put. That's exactly what it was like. And I remember I leaned into this person who is sort of well known for working with when a codependent gets Mm -hmm. with someone who might look like a certain kind of kind of other personality you know and she said to me look you actually know a lot of this stuff you already are on track and Mm -hmm. and it was like the affirming of that Mm -hmm. because I think along the way we I forgot sometimes I think we all do but I definitely forget oh I do know some things. Mm-hmm. When I think also what I struggled with when I went through probably the hardest breakup for me to move on from was I struggled. My therapist would always say, I know you because I'd be like, I know she'd say, I know, you know, and then she'd point to her heart and she said, but you don't actually know. Right. And I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> it would make me so mad. But I use that all the time with clients now. Like mm-hmm. we know in our head and especially people who listen to this podcast. That's why I say all the time, this is not therapy because I can tell you all of the facts about codependency yep. and love addiction and he- the healing process and the nervous system. And I could know everything. But the way you heal your nervous system and the way you change the way it operates is experiences. And so that's when she's pointing to her heart. She's like, you have to actually experience what you know. Absolutely. Which is why I went on to get somatic training after all that. And that was like the game changer for me. Yeah. Will you talk about that? Because we talked about that in the summer on here. I had Elena on. Mm -hmm. And she does somatic movement. Yes. And she's done that whole, I think she's done all those modules. Mm -hmm. But will you talk about what it is and how you use it and how it's helpful for you and then Mm -hmm. also with clients? Absolutely. I heard that podcast. I loved listening to you guys together. That was so fun. So uh, I did. I went through all the modules also and I loved I'll never forget being in some of that training and they went through the aces the adverse childhood experience test or whatever and I remember having like this body response to it like it felt like it came out of nowhere it felt like oh no what do I do I started to hold my breath because it's that thing where I don't want to make any noise because I'm about to cry and I was holding my breath and then it was like oh I cannot keep doing this but I'd been holding my breath so long it was going to come out loud right and here I am in this somatic training was the first one I can't remember which one maybe the second or so and this big sound came out like (gasps) like I don't know whether it was an in-breath or an out-breath and right then and there I realized oh my gosh this is it like my body had a complete response to just reading those things off the list not from my brain it wasn't the thing I thought about it was how I felt about it Mm -hmm. and I knew okay good 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 I'm in the right place and then of course we did some work around it Mm -hmm. so the somatic training was a game changer I learned how you when you slow it down that's where all the information is that you Mm -hmm. need like slow it down there's the narrative but then there's also the wisdom so I love somatic experiential work with clients. That's what I do. We just keep coming back to the breath. Okay, what are you noticing now? If you're going to pick an object in the room to describe what this feels like in this moment, what would it be? And then it's like, ooh, it gets really rich. So I love that stuff. And I love being that client. And I'm a little bit resistant because I can stay up in my head, but I like the push. And I think because I'm a therapist, I know what kind of what's happening. What do you do? Because this stuff is the stuff that feels like woo-woo to people who don't do therapy. They think therapy is just coming in, sitting down, them venting about their week, us telling them, yeah, and then them going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which sometimes that's what it is, but whatever. Yeah. What do you 
do with a client that is resistant to that Mm -hmm. because you're right that's where like the richness comes from but when they're like an object i don't i'm a person what do you mean right because in a group therapy it's easier because they get to see it from other people and then they understand it Mm -hmm. and they feel less like weird or whatever the feeling might be but what do you do when there's resistance to that one thing that i remind myself all the time is like well then don't don't push back like let the resistance be in the room but something that I do sometimes if it feels right is I might say okay so here's something I'm noticing about myself and I'll just come back to me and I'll say I'm noticing my body I feel I'm a little anxious because I want this to be right for you so if Mm -hmm. I were gonna pick an object in the room to help you understand me from the inside out I might pick this prickly pear cactus or something right and then and then describe it and give them some information and typically I found that that's kind of enough right Mm -hmm. and they go oh yeah well I'm actually that nail on the floor or move away from that Mm -hmm. and go and go do something else for a little while and you'll and you can kind of weave back in you know Mm -hmm. even if it's just what do you notice in your breath right now like where is it is it up in your shoulders has it gone down into your stomach kind of go with physical for a little while on Wednesdays, I do like a Q&A. And one of the questions was, it was somebody who doesn't talk a lot. And so she felt like she never knew what to say. And then like sometimes her therapist would be good about filling the space. And sometimes it was awkward. And what's interesting is I answered that question. So I'm not going to like re-answer the question. But what I talked about is how when I noticed that part of it, it's like it's not our job to fill the space. But part of it is when a client doesn't know like they almost like they need permission. And that's what you're saying. It's like, I'm giving them some kind of permission by describing my experience. Mm -hmm. And if we just talk about the thing that they came in here with, they might not know how to really talk about it. And it might be like, I'm asking questions and they just say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's very short and it's like, it's going nowhere. But then when I do something like I ask them, I'll do like, I have all those papers over there. Those are all like pieces of art that clients have done. So I'll say, okay, you don't know how to answer this question. Why don't you draw me what it feels like? Mm, Perfect. Yeah. And the first thing, well, I'm not a very good artist. Right. (laughs) Like that's not the point. (laughs) Yeah. But it's crazy how then somebody can just start drawing squiggly lines and X's and using different colors and using different pressures and it's light over here and dark over here. And all of a sudden I'm like, you do know, Yeah. you know, Yeah. you just don't have words to describe it, but you can. And I think that's like, kind of what you're talking about in a different way and then the conversation in the session completely transforms and we have something to work with it does it becomes so rich because there's so many layers now Mm -hmm. that have just shown up in the room Mm -hmm. hey guys cat here and i have something very important to talk to you guys about now i know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life but if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost i think i've found the next best thing and the next best thing might just be cozy earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas It feels like you're stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use 
our code you need at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off and let them know that we sent you you need therapy after you check out. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. I do want to go back. I want people to know how you even became a therapist. Oh, yeah. This is one of the best, like questions i think to ask a therapist is like how did this become your path right right so this is i love this question because i absolutely love the answer that i'm going to give you and it is this i grew up in a family of chaos Mm -hmm. there was all kinds of stuff going on and i didn't understand how to process any of that like nobody sat down because often kids it's not like i mean parents are doing the best they can it's not like they're there to sit down with that child and say well let me just explain to you what that rage thing was you just saw and why the door is hanging on a hinge you know and so it's that thing where kids walk around and they make up a story about what that thing is. And a lot of times we make up that I caused it or I had something to do with it. So when I was 10, I created this game. I didn't know this was the word, but it was the therapist game. And I made client files. I still have them. No way. I do. They're treasures to me. Yeah, do not ever get rid of those. Oh, are you kidding? And so I, they had names. They had like about a paragraph of their story. At 10. At 10. I put how many visits they came. I had a receipt for, it was 20 bucks a session. <laughs> really good it's a good deal it's a good deal but of course we're talking a long time ago so maybe that was expensive then i don't know and um sometimes i would write like newspaper articles about their spouse that was arrested and i'd put it in there at 10 at 10 years old and i you know i and i had a page out of the phone book that were all doctors numbers so it was like a referral sheet i know and i look back at that and i go okay who was i watching on tv right who in my family might have modeled this? Were you in therapy? No. I didn't get into therapy till I was 12. Two years later. Two years later. Yeah, and then you're the professional at that point. Right. And then I'm telling, <laughs> and it was my mother's, you know, therapist or whatever. And I'm in its crazy town. And oh I could have, yeah, I was like, no, dude, you're not working with me the right way. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think there was a show on TV about, it's called the Bob Newhart show, I think. And I don't know that I watched that a whole lot. I was yeah. 10. So I don't know where it came from. That is wild. I know. So did you know, like, were you always going through life being like, that's what I'm going to do? I don't know if I knew that so much until okay. later. Like, okay. I was the one in the family, my older sister might argue this, but like, she would come to me with the problem. And then mm-hmm. I would, quote unquote, solve the problem. And then my mother would have a problem. And then I would give her advice. Mm-hmm. And it was that role. I just took that role. I think it started occurring to me when I went to college. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I was that role with a lot of friends, too. But, you know. did You didn't know it. I don't think I knew. No, I don't don't think I knew. But then I started seeing my own therapist as an adult when I was just out of college. And I knew. Well, how do you separate the boundary of like, naturally, we're helpers. And we have a lot of good information and insight. 
Yep. So how do you separate the boundary of like, that's my quote unquote role. And also I can't be the fixer of everybody's things because that's overwhelming. And now I'm just like a raging codependent. Human right. Being. Right. How do you do that? So here's the thing that's true for me now. I really make a practice of seeing the wisdom or the healer in each and every individual in my life. So someone can show up and be a mess and be a good friend of mine. And I'm absolutely going to show up for them. Then ask them, what do you feel like you need? And I have to breathe through because I have a couple of friends, as we all do. There's a couple of friends in my life where I'm, I like want to swoop in there and say some stuff. And I just have to bite my tongue because really and truly, when it comes down to it, they have their own answer. Yeah. I, through my own, lots of my own work that I've done for myself, like, thank goodness mm -hmm. that I still do. I just know I can sit and hold that space. I do not have to fix it because it takes away from them. They can do yeah. their own figuring that out. Yeah. And them fixing it. This is something that I have learned that like my space where I feel my best is different than somebody else's. Mm -hmm. And so they could be engaging in behaviors that would feel really icky to me, but to them, that they feel whatever. Totally. And there's a line there because I'm not saying like somebody's like doing heroin and they feel great and I'm going to let them go do that. Like, right. although there is also a line of I can only help somebody if they want help. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like there's just some more minute experiences where I'd want to tell somebody that's not good for you. But like, who am I to say that? Because that might work for them in their space in their life, right. even though it might not work for me. That's right. And that was a lesson I had to learn because I don't I don't know that you've went through this. I've never seen this in you but I probably saw you at different spaces in your life. But I had a space in my life where I felt a little bit better than. Oh, I don't like that I just said that. I think that's good and but honest. Like, <laughs> there's a part of me that in the beginning, mm -hmm. it was like, I'm learning all this information and I know how family systems work and I know what you're doing. Right. And, and I wanted to go and tell everybody that. Right. But then I was not looking at what my role was and what mm -hmm. I was doing in the system. Mm -hmm. And granted, I think... I was being hurt by certain things, but also I was hurting other people too. Sure. So I went through a, like a wave or some waves of learning my own stuff and all that stuff and, and learning about the world and how to step back. But also like, Catherine, you're not better than everybody else because you know how to do that. Therapists aren't better than other people. No, we are just, we are the other people. <laughs> We're also in therapy right. is the whole point. Right. What did you do before you were at the ranch? Didn't you work at like, yeah. you worked at Mending Hearts? I worked at Mending Hearts, most awesome place ever. Uh, what an amazing organization. I want to say that for sure. But yep, I worked there and then I came over to the ranch. And then you went to, do you mind saying? No, I don't mind okay. at all. From the ranch, I went to Milestones at Onsite. Mm -hmm. And again, incredible so experience. Cool. Yeah. Holy Moses, yeah. And now you're, she's on her own private practice. That's right. Private um, practice. Okay. So you talked about the somatics and how you love that. And mm -hmm. then I kind of talked about pulling in the drawing and the art into that. And what I know about you is you're a very creative person and you're a great artist. You actually are good. And so I want you to talk about how the creative process has been a healer for you. Mm -hmm. And also, especially in the past year, what have you tapped into to regulate yourself? Because we're telling you guys, therapists are people too. We've had to really zone in on our own grounding. That's a good question. The creative process for me brings me to a whole other part of my brain 
And it really is somatic at some level because it's not about words. It's about imagery and color and texture and movement with Mm -hmm. if it's paint or whatever it is. So I'm just going to be really transparent and say I felt kind of stuck creatively for, gosh, on and off for the past few years. Like I would create art for clients that graduated the program at Milestones, which gave me great joy. Mm -hmm. And it kind of was a context in which to do art, like, oh, I'm going to create this thing and I want to share with them my experience of them through their process. And that had something to give them. And that was that. So that was kind of the level of art, quote unquote, that I would do. And I have dipped my toe back in in various ways over the last year. And I'm really excited because I'm getting ready to do a creative arts process with an organization called Art and Soul. And they've been around forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited because it's going to be movement and visual and sound and lots of ways to get in the process. So for you, how does that stuff actually help regulate you? So here's how I would say it's like the most non-scientific thing I could ever say. It just gets me out of my stuff in one way and gets me into something else in another that helps me resource within me. It gets to feel exciting when you create something and it sort of brings you somewhere else and then you get encouraged or involved in another part Mm -hmm. of that process. And it it just takes me out of my stuff. Like my story's gone. What does resource mean to you? Because that's a word that I understand and people in the field understand, but like a lot of people are like, what does that mean? Yeah. If I'm walking around like a gingerbread cutout person... <laughs> Can't you see it? I mean, really, we they see it in Nashville. We're all walking around that way at some level. And I am feeling not resourced. I'm probably not going to have a lot of color filled up on the inside or anything. It's just going to be the outline. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling resourced, I'm going to feel maybe some color in my feet, right? So it's grounding mm-hmm. where I feel calmer. My breath is more even. Uh, my anxiety has gone down, which might mean my you know, breathing like you get that recovery breath where you feel Mm -hmm. calm. And I can find humor. Like Mm -hmm. that resources me really well. And I don't feel scared. I don't feel anxious. So that's resourcing. Resourcing in a in a nutshell is just grounding work. It's grounding work. How to feel more grounded in yourself and who you are and to the totally be able to separate yourself from the world around you too. Yes. Not be in the story. Yeah. Yes. I had an experience a couple of weeks ago And now that looking back on it, I can see there was a lot of chaos happening around me. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of probably chaos in my head. But like in the front of me, everything was fine. And I remember going to work and feeling a little bit like I don't want didn't want to go. I don't even think I had clients that day. I just was coming to work. I think maybe recording a podcast. Driving down Music Row and my heart just starts beating really fast. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I turned down a street and a street was blocked. And I just remember tears welling up in my eyes and me saying, why am I about to cry? Why am I about to cry? I'm not late for anything. This construction is usually here. So it's not like new. Like why am I? And I got into my office. I sat down. I put my feet on the ground. And I took a couple deep breaths. I contemplated calling my therapist, but then said boundaries. And that's what I did is I I just had to bring myself back because I don't even know where I was. I didn't know what was going on. I was not grounded. But resourcing to me was putting my feet on the floor and breathing. I think I wrote. When we say creativity, it's not just art. It can be anything. So I love writing and I just wrote things out. And if I went back and looked at it, it probably makes no sense. Right. (laughs) It wasn't like a pretty thing I would like post on Instagram. 
And I tell that story to say, one, again, to give you that picture that like we're constantly doing this stuff. Yep. And two, that like when we talk about these things, they're not these big, crazy, elusive ideas. It's like for me, resourcing was coming to my office in a safe place, putting a candle on where I could smell something that felt safe Mm -hmm. and breathing. Right. This makes me think about something that I did over the summer too. And it's a creative process. And it looked like this. I would take walks at the park and I would turn my video camera on slow motion and I would move it through flowers and then come back and write and then do a mandala. So I was doing a mandala a day of just whatever the writing was. And so it doesn't have to be about art, or it is art. That's art form in its own way. And it was so healing for me. Now I'm getting to what it is I really wanted to say, I think, which is it reminded me of another part of myself Mm. that is so, I love being around this part. And that's the resourcing Mm -hmm. for me. So it's whatever it looks like. You know, in somatics, they teach you, which is one of the coolest things that I only did the first module. I kick myself for that. Because I could have done all of them mm. for free. I, right. They would have paid. I kicked myself. But I was like, at that point in my life, I didn't want to spend more time at work. Yep. Anyway, that's a tangent. We're not going to go there. But anyway, one of the things that I, is the most helpful thing that I've ever learned, I think, from that stuff, was when we are asking people to be in their body, and a lot of times they're resourcing in their body, I think a lot of people are like, where's the pain? Where's the pain? Where's the pain coming from? Yeah. And in that, you're focusing on where does your body feel good and safe? So what feels, and, I, and I'll use this with clients all the time of like, tell me a part of your body that feels safe to you, that feels calming whether it's like your shaking foot feels calm yep or whether it's like i don't know your left earlobe because it doesn't have like something shooting through it and it's the only part of your body that feels like it's whatever that has been one of the most game-changing things i think for me and some of the work that i do with people because so much we try to focus on what's wrong right rather than what's right correct and that gives people an experience of like my when people are like my body's unsafe or I don't like myself. That's why we ask those questions. Okay, but if you did have to like one thing about yourself, what would it be? Nothing. Okay, but if you had to choose something. It's like we need to focus on the good parts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the bad parts because we want to shift and change that, but we can't shift and change it if there's nothing to hold on to. Right. Right? And so you're saying right now it brings me back to a part of myself that I want to be around. Yeah. Because in my stuff I don't want to be around myself. Like that day when I was driving down Music Row, if I could have jumped out of my skin, I would have. Yeah. And so I brought myself into a spot where like, oh, my feet feel warm and they're keeping me stuck to the earth. Mm-hmm. I can get down with those. Yeah. Body image work. Sometimes it's like my big toe is the only thing that I really like that right. day. But I can sink into that of like, okay, my feet are things that allow me to be grounded into the earth and allow me to walk and blah, 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 while the rest of my body feels icky. So I'm really glad you said that. Yeah. Of like resourcing and a lot of that work brings you back Mm -hmm. to a part of you that you actually want to be around. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to comment too, you said about you're driving down Music Row or driving down the street and you don't know why, but all of a sudden you just felt like you wanted to cry, like why? So this may sound woo-woo to some people out there listening, but here's what I wanna say to that. We are electromagnetic human, we're beings, Mm -hmm. and we're all putting out some kind of wave. 
And I realize that's a little out there, but no, it's not. you're probably picking up the collective. Yeah. And so when we wake up and we go, oh my gosh, why today am I feeling this incredible sense of dread? My life is going really well. It's like, it, it feels better if we can land on something because it gives us a reason. But sometimes it's just because that's what is the, out there. Is out there. It doesn't have to be about me. Doesn't have to be about you. I, I want to say 2020, but like it is also 2021. Like the world is, I'm soaking in all of that. Yeah. Even when we go to places that might not feel icky, you're still sucking in or soaking in other people's stuff that they might not be talking about, but it's That's the true. energy. I don't think that sounds woo-woo. We're holding space for a lot of grief. Yeah. And sorrow and anxiety seems to be the bigger things, right? And anger and all that stuff. And so wouldn't it be nice to feel something different? Some, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. However I get there. So in a world where like, not just therapists feel that, everybody feels that. Yeah. A good friends feel that. Mm-hmm. Partners, spouses, whatever feel that. Kids and parents feel that. Teachers feel that. Nurses feel that. So in a world where we're all, whether we are trying to or not, get ha- attracting and, mm-hmm. and sending off and pulling in all of that stuff... How do we maintain not just our sanity, but like our okayness is what I want to. Right. Because we're our tool. We are the tool that we are. I want there to be another tool. (laughs) So there are so many good tools to keep this tool honed. Yeah. And I have leaned into this year movement and sound meditation, Mm -hmm. though I've fallen off the wagon lately. I will admit that. Breath work, which I absolutely love and have done a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, one more thing to improv. Like yeah. I joined, there's an improv group out there. They do lunchtime improv breaks. And it is so much fun to be silly and laugh with a bunch of other adults. That's what you're good at. That is what you're good at is like full circle back to when I met you and I, you would be doing these psychodramas. I didn't know. I think that you were new at them at that point. Were you? Well, I had training way back when I lived in Phoenix okay. with people that had trained with Moreno, who is... The oh, man. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. This the yes, Camelback Institute. And so I had some of that training under my feet, but okay. hadn't been I mean, I worked in domestic violence you at that point. You were using it. Just a little bit, okay. right? And then but coming to the ranch, it's what it was like we did. We, that's what we do. Well, I remember you just being like, I'm going to do this today. Like, I'm going to try this today. We're going to do this today. And you being excited about it and me being like, I hope she doesn't ask me to do something. I hope I can just watch. (laughs) But why I think you were so good at it and why I think you continue to be so good at this stuff is because you allow yourself to not take yourself seriously all the time. It's the biggest thing. You allow yourself to mess up. You allow yourself to be silly. You allow yourself space to think and breathe. And I think that translates in the work you do with clients. But like as a human being, Mm -hmm. I think that is what probably has helped this is me just making an assumption a lot and you being able to move through some of this stuff is there's an essence of it's not that serious right i'm not that serious it's not it doesn't have to be that serious right so i can do an improv group and like just have fun and be like it's an inner child kid it's that 10 year old who was so serious with their clients being like hey since you were working at 10 we're gonna give you a break and you're gonna come (laughs) into my lunch break and you're gonna let me just like do whatever yeah that's so cool it is really kind of cool to see it that way i think that's great okay yeah totally all right well this was wonderful we could sit here as always well we will go we'll go to lunch and keep talking just not record it it was fun this was really a lot of fun also full disclosure we tried to do this about 15 times how many 15? 15 no no more like 25 
no 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 tell the truth <laughs> and last time when we scheduled this you were like, i said okay i can't wait to see you you said we'll see <laughs> <laughs> i know uh, all right well thank you for being here and if people hear you and yeah. they live in tennessee are you still taking on virtual people? I am. Virtual okay. people. I'm just starting to see people in person very slow. Okay. And people are like, oh, I want to talk to her. Mm-hmm. How can people find you? So they can look me up on the, my website, uh, JanetHeilbron.com, H-E-I-L-B-R-O-N-N. I'm also part of a group called the Lotus Center, and we are um, a group of folks with all kinds of practitioners and different modalities, and you can look that up mm-hmm. on the internet. Okay. The Lotus Center. The Lotus Center. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Look me up. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to go to lunch. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.